We are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Thank God that's good news, isn't it? There's so much material to this. Once you start studying the book of Hebrews and things Paul's saying here, it relates back to the things that he said in other places. In fact, we could spend hours and hours just on that one subject there alone. Now, we may come back and talk about some of that. But let's notice now, we're back over here in the 8th chapter. Verse 8, But finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the day cometh, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with the fathers in the days that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Because they continued not in my covenant, I regarded them not, saith the Lord. Now, you notice that God says that because they wouldn't continue in my covenant, he said, I wouldn't regard them. In other words, the curses came. And God told them that in Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. He said, if you don't do these things, the curses are coming. The curses was poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. It was threefold, generally threefold thing. Now, it covered a lot more than that. But he said, they'll come upon you. So because they didn't continue in the covenant, then he said, I regarded them not. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. In other words, he said, it'll not be by the law any longer. And that's what Paul is stressing throughout many of his epistles here is he wrote to the churches, get away from that old law. Don't be bewitched, as he said to the Galatian church, by that thing to try to come back under that law. See, what they actually wanted to do, they wanted to kind of step over here under the new covenant with one foot and then kind of spread out over here and hold the law in this hand, the new covenant in this hand, and try to do part of both. But you see, it wouldn't work that way because Paul said if you're trying to operate under this law over here, then you're under the curse. And the new covenant says you're redeemed from the curse. Now, you can't be under the curse and be redeemed from it and operate in both things at the same time. You're either going to fall in one category or the other. Now, he's bringing this out very vividly. Go with me to 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter here. Verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Now, remember what he said there in Galatians? If ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, here he says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, he's talking about the new covenant, writing the law in their hearts and in their minds. And in the book of Proverbs, we find a statement that talks about, said, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Now, you see, truth is the word of God, and grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So when he says, let not mercy and truth forsake you, there in Proverbs, he says, bind them upon thy finger, write them upon the table of your heart. How do you write these things on the table of your heart? Well, the 
Psalmist David tapped into it when he said, My tongue is as the pen of a ready writer. The way you write these things on your heart is to take God's Word, put it in your mouth, and speak it and proclaim it until it gets down in here. Write these things on the table of your heart. God said, I'll put my law in their minds and write them upon the table of their heart. I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. They shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know him from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Now, he's speaking of Israel here. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. In that he saith a new covenant. He hath made the first old, and now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. So this is why that the new covenant was established, because the old one had lived out its time. You remember what the scripture says concerning Jesus, that he didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. And this is very evident in the ministry in the life of Jesus, that he came to fulfill and bring into consummation all that the law had promised, all that the prophets of God had promised down through the years, and bring it into consummation and fulfill to the letter the law. He kept it to the letter and he fulfilled it to the letter. Not one promise, not one jot, not one tittle would perish until it be fulfilled. So he really didn't come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill it. There was a different era. And we live under the days of grace today. Now as we come into the ninth chapter here, he says, Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary, and after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all. Now, the holiest of all, or the holiest of holies, was just for the high priest alone to go in once a year into the holiest of holies. Now, see, Paul is coming back. He's talked about this, and we've talked about it in some of the other chapters here. But he continues to bear hard on this thing about the old covenant passing away or being fulfilled, God establishing new covenant and new understanding and teaching the Hebrews how to function under this new covenant. See, this is one of the problems, and it's one of the things that Jesus had problems he had in his ministry, was that when he came on the planet Earth, and began to talk about and began to teach that God was our Heavenly Father, our loving Heavenly Father. And uh, he was doing all these things, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, as Acts 10.38 says, that he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Then he was showing forth what God the Father was. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said to Philip, have I been so long? with you, and you not knowing me, Philip? See, Philip said, you show us the Father, and that'll be good enough for us. Well, he said, have I been so long with you, and you had not seen the Father? He said, have you seen me, you've seen the Father. Now, see, to the Jews, and to the people under the old covenant there, that was a hard thing to receive, because they saw God in the light of the old covenant. A fire-breathing, judgment-dealing God that brought judgment swiftly upon his enemies. And most of them ended up being his enemies at one time or another. 
And the Bible talks about the evil that God thought to do unto them. Now, what it means when it says that, it means punishment for their deeds. God considered it evil to have to deal punishment to the people. But that's why it's mentioned that way, because God had his word out. The punishment had to come, the curses had to come, because God's word was out. It wasn't that God was just trying to make it hard on them. It was the fact that God's word was out, and that word and that law had to be fulfilled to the letter. It could not be bent. If you tried to bend it, it broke. And when you broke the law, you're under the curse. And man, the curses came by the hundreds and thousands. Now, he's talking about here then, third verse here, after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden center, the ark of the covenant overlaid with gold, wherein the golden pot and manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. Well, he just goes on here talking about the things that that were found there. In the sixth verse, it says, Now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God, but into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. The Holy Ghost, now notice, here's the key, the Holy Ghost thus signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not made manifest while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. Now, it's very easy to see that in the New Covenant after we see both sides of it. It might have been a little hard to see there. For which was a figure of the time then present in the which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining unto conscience. In other words, there's no way to get rid of the consciousness of sin. But the Holy Ghost, thus signifying the way into the holiest of all, was not made available while the first tabernacle was standing. In other words, if you had lived under the old covenant, you as an average Joe, layman, could not enter into the presence of God. You had to go through a priest. The priest had to offer your sacrifices. And I see that's the reason that people get hung up on the old covenant. And some religions today are still doing it the way they did it in Bible days or similar to it. But thank God we have a new high priest. And he doesn't just enter in once a year. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Seated right there. And he bids us to come boldly to the throne of grace. You see, that we may obtain. In other words, entering into the holiest of all. You see, when Jesus died, the veil in the temple was split from the top to the bottom, which meant that it opened up the way that no longer it would just be for the priest, that the high priest Jesus would be there always, and that we could come into that holiest of holies at any time. Come boldly, he says, to the throne of grace that you may obtain. I tell you, I don't know about you, but I talk myself happy about this. Thank you so much for joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, all of this week, we have a CD offer. It's CD offer number 7217. That's 7217. It's entitled, The Others of Hebrews 11. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $19. Now, when we talk about the others of Hebrews 11, we're talking about the hall of faith. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both his sons and worshiped. 
by faith Joseph, by faith Moses. This is what we call the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. By faith they passed through the Red Sea. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. And what would we say more? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lion, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed violent in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received their dead, raised to life again, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Now somebody said, well, what about the others of Hebrews 11? We should not expect to experience the thing they experienced under the old covenant for several reasons. First of all, we have a better covenant. We have the power of God's Word that they did not have under the Old Covenant and the Holy Spirit, our Comforter, our Consoler. We have the name of Jesus and the authority to use His name. That's offer number 7217. It'll help you understand why that people suffered under the Old Covenant, what we should not have to suffer under the New Covenant. Because we have a better covenant, we have a paraclete, we have an intercessor, his name is Jesus. Offer number 7217, two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $19. Toll free order line is 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this Charles Capps reminding you the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Capps Ministries and our listeners in this area. Word is working for-